Welcome everyone to this week's Really Big Fan Podcast. I am your host, Chizuk. I am joined as always by my wife and co-host, Acronym. What's up? And uh, we are here to talk about all the things that have happened in the last week that we've been a really big fan of, and maybe a few things that we weren't. <laughs> How are you doing this morning? Do you get coffeeed up? I have some coffee. I'm uh, feeling a little sore today, but other than that, um, what are you feeling sore from? I was trying to stretch out all of my pains, and yeah. I think that it kind of flared up Over. some of the stuff. So overstretched. Yeah, I'm feeling a little sore today. So if I'm not moving as much in animation, that would be why. <laughs> You're gonna watch the video back and be like, "Am I really there?" Yep. Is that a cardboard stand-up? I also chopped my hair because I looked like Dominic Mysterio. And so I gave myself a really bad haircut to avoid looking like Dominic Mysterio. So don't judge me. I certainly wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but I will admit there were a few times I was walking behind you and going, oh, no. Yeah, I had a mullet and I didn't know I had a mullet and nobody told me. I so still look cute. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have a little pedo mustache like him. So yeah, me too. It's been really bad. That would, that would been scary. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got uh, we're, we're got a fun show for you. We're going to be joined by Mike Pandoff of uh, the Really Big Fan Podcast Double Feature, which you can get on our Patreon at the five dollars tier. And we're going to be talking about the new Star Wars series Ahsoka on Disney Plus. But before we get there, as always. <laughs> I don't even need to say. I took care of it for you. Yeah, that's fine. You know, when I run that through the filter, it pulls out the breathing. Oh, does it? It thinks it's not supposed to be there. <laughs> so I have to like Whoops. do some editing tricks to leave it in. <laughs> Starting off on a bummer note, we lost quite a few people in the entertainment industry uh, over the last seven days, starting with Terry Funk who uh, I believe we found out last Wednesday passed away at the age of 79. Mm -hmm. um, we then found out a day or two later that uh, Wyndham Rotunda, or Bray Wyatt as he was known in the WWE, had passed away. I believe he was only in his 30s. Yeah, he was 36, I believe. Yeah, yep. 36. And then uh, over the weekend on Sunday, uh, actress Arlene Sorkin, who uh, was the original voice of Harley Quinn in the Batman animated series, died at the age of 67. Very sad time for, of course, all their friends and family, but of course for everyone that they entertained as well. Yeah, and a lot of I let's point out the fact too that a lot of the wrestlers are having a hard time with it. Yeah, when it comes to definitely Bray, um, there were tributes that happened over at All In, which was a phenomenal show. Yeah, including uh, the House of Black carrying out a lantern, and FTR had armbands for Terry and for Bray. Yep, I believe. And for Jay Briscoe. And for Jay Briscoe. So um, there was a lot of emotions happening, and those are still funneling through. Um, Seth Rollins put the Fiend plates on his belt to carry it out for Monday night, and he got emotional at some house shows. And then um, Becky Lynch had a moment of emotion after the show when she fought Trish Stratus, saying that um, she had never known how to set up a table and Wyndham actually came and worked with her oh, to wow. learn how to set up the table. Yeah. And like he basically took her under the wing because they scheduled her for a tables match and she'd never done one. And he okay. was like, do you know how? And she's right. like, 
no. <laughs> and so he basically, he worked with her that whole time to get ready. And then like the day of was working with her, even though he had his own match. That's the the funny thing about the, um, when they, you know, the, the tables that they use in the WWE, like they're just, you know, folding tables, something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't set up and break broke down one of those tables before. Yeah. It's very unwieldy. It's a pain in the ass, honestly. Yeah. Because there's certain port parts where you have to like lift and move lift. things. And if you don't know how to do it quickly enough, you're going to look really like shaken yeah. as you're doing it. So like the fact that he like even cognizantly like was like, wait, I should probably go talk to her about that. And it's one thing for like a six foot seven, 300 pound man to set one of those up. They, they're kind of small, but you get like. like That's a, what she said I've, too. You know, 130 pound lady or something. That's harder. Yeah. She said, I'm. She said, I'm 126 pounds and and they're very heavy tables. Yeah. I did not know what I was doing. And and so she at the end of the match, she had been holding up her band and crying. Yeah. And I guess after the cameras cut, they she grabbed a mic and told the crowd story. So, yeah, that was pretty emotional to watch. And I I. I, I didn't even realize how much I had an attachment to him. And then like the the next couple days I was like, I was up at like 5 a.m. and just watching videos and crying. And I'm yeah. like, this is rough. Like, because, you know, when somebody like Terry Funk, we kind of knew was on his way out. You sure. You knew he was getting a little bit more frail. His his last uh, screen appearance, at least that I saw, was Dark Side of the Ring. And he was already, you know, having a hard time fully speaking and stuff so yeah. we knew it's coming but when somebody who is that young just you know pulled out before anything you know crazy it, it's just and, it's hard to grasp that and you got to kind of witness uh, some of his career in real time mm-hmm. you got to witness a lot of that stuff and that that you know forms an attachment a lot more than watching old matches and recognizing somebody right. like, oh they're very important kind mm-hmm. of the same thing with, um, you know, it's it was the same thing when we lost the voice of Batman from the animated series, mm-hmm. Kevin Conroy, last year, and now to lose Arlene Sorkin as well. It's just like you watch those old cartoons, and you're like, man. Yeah, there were a lot of tributes for her where he came to get her yeah. carrying uh, Harley Quinn, and it was just right. really sad overall. So not to be a huge bummer this morning, but those are some of the things that uh, had been happening, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's just that's just a, a touch of the headlines. But we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely miss all three of the, those people's presence in our day to day lives in the same way that we miss uh, the Iron Sheik. Yeah. Sheiky baby. I miss Sheiky's tweets, man, especially everything. Fuck Hulk Hogan. So. <laughs> I've got one for you. Sure. Ma- a couple different headlines with Metallica here. So there's a video that is now circulating that. Fans at the Metallica show were being offered snake pit wristbands. Okay. And they didn't know what it was, so they just ignored the person trying to hand it to them. Oh, no. And there's multiple people that this happened to where they, like, looked at them and then just kind of, like, walked away. Yeah. And they're filming it, so they're like, nobody's taking these. Like, what the hell? Which is is kind of hilarious. Um, if you look it up, the, the videos are really funny. Um, more to the point in the laughability of that is if you were one of those people at a specific show, you could have been in the pit with Jason Momoa and apparently Dave Grohl was also there. Yeah. So, you know, you were they at the same show? 
It, I think so. That's fun. But I haven't seen any like confirmation of Dave Grohl being there. But I, there's videos of Jason Momoa in the snake pit. And they started with a specific song. And I think it was an older song. And everybody started moshing. And he's in there with everyone oh. else. You People are taking videos. He's just jamming, you know. Imagine running full force into Aquaman and falling over. Oh, my God. You up being like, bro, are you all right? <laughs> I, a, I would be shocked. B, my friend actually had that happen to her a oh, yeah. years ago at a con. She said that she was walking through the hallway and she's like maybe a buck 30 herself. And he bowled her over basically, didn't mean to, like kind of was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he goes, I'm sorry, I'm so tall, I can't see past my pecs sometimes. <laughs> and she goes, he was super friendly. Everybody that like I had shared him jumping around in the pit and I was yeah. just like, most women are like, oh my God, I want to climb him like a tree. And then there's me going like, I want to hang out with this guy. He looks like so much fun, you know? Right. And uh, she was just like, you know, they everybody that messaged me that has met him, because I got multiple messages where like, he's the nicest man. That's like, good. He's so friendly. He's so courteous. And he's not like ego at all. He's very like chill, just like, hey, how's it going? That's kind of the, the persona that Dwayne Johnson has given off now is that he's just a really nice guy or something like that. But then, but he's, then got, he's not. He's got that <laughs> he's got that, that feud with uh with Vin Diesel. It makes me wonder who is Jason Momoa's Vin Diesel. Well and that yeah, that's kind of weird in itself. I feel like, you know, the rock has kind of ruined his perception in the media over like everything that happened with Black Adam and stuff. Like I don't really think he's a nice guy anymore. Yeah, the the Black Adam stuff has made it a little fuzzy. It's the kind of thing where I don't think any of us will ever know what the real story is. Right. Whether, whether you know, it, it's the people on the other side trying to make him look bad because they're- It could be. Movie failed, or if it's him, you know, being a dick. Yeah. It, it seems like there's some aggression there. And, like, the only reason why I still question it at this point is, like, looking at that and then looking at how he reacted to John Cena when John Cena called out him having things written on his hands during right. promo- and it's like you see those little inferences of him being a dick and he's trying to hold it back. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, you are actually an asshole. He's had like social media training and knows that like you got to put forward your best face. Exactly. So. So um, I obviously we documented on this show that over the summer fell into flip, playing a bunch of Fortnite because mm -hmm. they put in Optimus Prime. And they had Spider-Verse characters. And, you know, it's it's kind of the way these games work now. Uh, some new characters that they're adding to Call of Duty Warzone. Oh, jeez. Include uh, Nicki Minaj. Who's already been added. <laughs> and the the videos of that are absolutely ridiculous. And uh, Laura Croft from Tomb Raider is going to be making her, uh, her, her Call of Duty debut this fall. And apparently World War II veteran Snoop Dogg? What? Snoop Dogg, yeah, they added Snoop Dogg earlier this year. <laughs> you, could, you could play oh, as God. Snoop Dogg. Is there audio... Of it, I don't know if he's got he recorded any audio for it, but he should. He should have, yeah. like, out of anybody that could record audio for that, Snoop Dogg said, "Like, hit boom, baby, <laughs> like that sort of thing." <laughs> I like this. Uh, I, I like the the whole like Ready Player Oneness of of the way people are just you know, hey, licensing their likeness to like the, the new Fortnite uh, uh, season pass. They've got that uh, guy that does the TikToks that goes. Yeah. That like, you know, is like, 
what the hell, man? And they like, you can play as him. You oh, can cheat him into season pass. And he, he has an emote of him putting his hands in front of him like, it's right there. I have never seen this guy. Never seen this guy? You'll have to uh, show me that at some point. Yeah, I'll show you those. Um, so if you are local to here or if you want to Google it around town, the Friends Experience is a thing that is happening where they have a setup where you can go in and sit on the couch and, um, you know, the the fountain and take pictures and kind of walk through some of the memorabilia of the Friends set. Yep. We did a media preview of it back in June or July. And I'm just letting you guys know that it is going to be shutting down on September 24th. So if you're really into the TV show Friends, you should go and get your tickets. I've got a story up on acronymzine.com where you can find that information if you want to go. Um, we had fun. It was, it, it was pretty awesome. You get to see some of the um, the scripts and things and the old um, titles that they used to have. and. Yep. Some of the costuming, we got to sit in the recliners and do the the thing with Chandler and Joey's that's the, recliners. That's, that's the best part is that they've lovingly recreated all the sets of the apartments. And it's really fascinating to turn a corner and be like, oh, oh my God, that's that's yeah. his apartment. Yeah, like we were in the hallway and that was the thing that tripped me out the most yeah. was standing in the hallway. And I'm like, even though you go around the corner and there's nothing yeah, there's- there, like it's like you have the hallway of the doors You've got um, Chandler and Joey's apartment is awesome because they recreated the whole TV stand yep. area with the recliners. They have the pivot couch. I'm really sad because the video that we took of that, I had already yelled it before she started recording. Oh. So we didn't get like a cool video of that, but we got to sit on the couch with the umbrellas in front of the fountain and stuff like that. And of course, go to Central Perk and sit there. So that was pretty fun. It's a cool photo app if you're like really into friends. So I would say go check it out if you love that stuff. We were sitting in Central Park and I turned to you and I said, this is the whitest thing we've ever done. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I had some friends that are like, you know, I'm not really into friends or like, wow, that really didn't age well. And I'm like, yeah, it's more of like a nostalgia thing of watching it back then, but I feel like if I watched it now, I would be uncomfortable and mortified. I never watched a single episode of Friends until it was on Netflix. Yeah. Like what, like five or six years ago? Yeah. And I was like, ah, I never watched this thing. And it was the same thing originally with, I think, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think I'd seen half of one episode when it was on television. Mm-hmm. And then over a summer, a friend of mine loaned me her DVDs of the show. And I had started kind of like, eh, this is okay. And by the end of the summer, I was watching an entire DVD every night, <laughs> like four one-hour episodes every night. I'd come home from work, make dinner, and just watch Buffy until I went to bed. Yeah. There's a lot of people that, like, I have these conversations with now, like, certain shows, like, like you can't watch Glee anymore. Like, that's awful. Like, it's so uncomfortable, the things, like, themes and what's, stuff. I was going to say, what's wrong with Glee? Oh, it's like, um like the somewhat attractive younger teacher being uh, the guy okay. and he's like singing duets with the girls and at least certain things like that yeah. are uncomfortable there's a lot of like you know gay themes that are in there that are uncomfortable which there's some of that with friends now too if hey, for sure watch there's certain things that definitely didn't age well yeah um, same thing with The Office a lot of people don't like certain things from The Office anymore when they rewatch it so I, it's I it's like that. So like I'll have to look that up and see like what am I missing? Yeah, there's certain things that just didn't age as well. Like that would probably like you if you 
put this show out now, you would immediately that, be canceled. And that, I'm sure that happens yeah, with that like, thing would have to be excised. Yeah, yeah. Like or like, you know, it's the thing with like community where they pulled the D and D episode. Right. So there's certain things like that that probably wouldn't be able to be reproduced. See, I'm thinking more along the lines of like entire shows that like it's just, it's just no. Yeah. It's like in the early 2000s on FX, they had the show with Michael Chiklis called The Shield, which was about a bunch of dirty cops that got mm-hmm. shit done. And I remember really enjoying that show. And now I I can't stomach the idea of that show. Yeah. No, it's it's really difficult. There's a lot of things that have changed. And even with like certain things, like you had me watch Strange Days a couple weeks ago. And like sure. there's so much in there that now is very like, I mean, it was uncomfortable to begin with, no matter how it, you sliced it. Yeah. But like seeing even the pr- police brutality scene now is yeah. like way worse. Yep. Especially seeing that in person. So. Right. Media is uh, it's it's an interesting time when things are shifting and you learn like people are now learning things are not okay and you have to kind of revamp the media that is being output at that time frame too. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of things that are hard to stomach over the weekend, uh, there was a Valorant tournament and Elon Musk was there. Ew. Uh, But the good news is once the camera so showed the crowd that Elon Musk was there. They started a bring back Twitter chant <laughs> and they did not let him rest until he left. Thank goodness. Yes. I'm never going to call it X. And it honestly, I, I like threads better for my creativity and stuff like that. You know, like there's a lot more community based things happening in photography on there. Yeah. And it's like with Twitter, it's just it's a shit posting platform and people are mean to each other on it. And it's just not my jam anymore. It's such a weird uh <laughs> psyop. The yeah. whole Elon Musk buys Twitter and then systematically tears it apart when trying to get it to die in some capacity. Right. Like I really think he's just trying to get it to die at this point. Yeah, it's like, this is where all the people were mean to me, so I'm going to buy the playground and destroy the playground. The um, Third Man Records and a band called Sleep released a special edition vinyl, and me and Faceless Tony, as now I am going to call him here, no, I actually put him on our Instagram account, and I was like, if you hear me reference the person Tony, this is Tony, here he is. Um, we went in the morning and went and picked up these vinyls. We were there at eight to eight thirty in the morning, and we were already like forty people deep when we were in line. Jeez, people were out there in camping chairs and stuff. Some people had speakers and they were playing Jack White music out there. <laughs> people were big sleep fans, and how many just wanted a vinyl with weed on it? Well, that's yeah, because I didn't even say the reason <laughs> is because there was a pot leaf in the vinyl, so they put a like big old pot leaf and it was from doghouse cannabis and it's in a pvc vinyl so they created these and not every vinyl looks different because you're getting a different leaf so it's an actual leaf in the vinyl yes wow yeah you can't smoke it obviously if you break it apart like it's not (laughs) like that there's nothing in that situation but it's just the iconography of the fact that it's like a weed laced vinyl essentially so um, they there were some reports of some issues with playback. I'm sure when it comes to it, because there were certain like bubbles or different things or imperfections in the vinyl. Mine plays fine, so I was I was like, you know, I know nothing about sleep. I just wanted a pot leaf vinyl. 
I thought it would be cool to make a collage of like different weed stuff and then put the vinyl in there. And I'm like a big proprietor of Jack White. So anything like third band records, I get really jazzed about. Like even my guitar that I don't know how to play has a third band record strap on it yes. because I am ridiculous. So, you know, if if you're into that sort of thing, I don't know if they still have any left, but I know when my buddy went back to exchange his for one that played better, he said that they still had some left. Yeah. So if you are interested in it, you would have to get it from the Detroit store. It is not available anywhere else. It's not available online. And if somebody is selling it, they're more than likely having to sell it locally because of the contents of the vinyl. Right. Do you think Jack smokes? I don't know. No. He's just such an odd character. I don't know if he would. Like, he seems like he might be the type that wouldn't and be like, you know, like, this is cool for other people, but it's not for me. Yeah. But that's what I could also see him. Because my next question was like, do you think he's done hard drugs? No. I think he's tried stuff. I think if he was going to try anything, it would be weed. Yeah. But like, I couldn't see him doing cocaine or anything like that. I like, can totally see him doing a rail. <laughs> How fast he can play ball in a biscuit. <laughs> I don't know if he would, but, you know, that's, it's hard to know. It's really hard to know with some people. Right. Some people, it's like you look at them and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a pothead. <laughs> I just don't get that vibe from him. But it's cool that they did this and everybody being jammed about it. So it's only happened to me like twice ever that somebody was like, hey, do you have any? And I'm like, <laughs> you got the wrong guy. <laughs> If my wife was here. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a short break here and then we're coming back with Mr. Mike Pandoff. We're going to talk all about Star Wars Ahsoka as well as all the various Star Wars stuff that we are super into because I think uh, all three of us are really big fans of the wars. And we'll get into it next on the Really Big Fan Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Really Big Fan Pod. This week, uh, if you are one of our Patreon subscribers, you get a double dose of our guest, who is my co-host on our Patreon-exclusive podcast, the Really Big Fan Pod double feature. I'd like to, and if you don't subscribe, then maybe this will get you to subscribe as we talk to Mr. Mike Pandoff about one of his favorite franchises of all time, <laughs> Star Wars. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation because I think... I don't know how close you guys are in age, but I know that we are a different generation. So I'm I'm interested where Star Wars, you know, like your earliest Star Wars memories. Yeah, like we've talked about before, like uh, Star Wars has always been part of my life. I can't tell you when I saw it the first time. I, I don't honestly know. Um, but seeing how it's developed over the last 10 years, you know, there's been hit or miss stuff. But with Ahsoka Tano coming out, uh, Ahsoka coming out over the last week, uh, man, it made me really happy that Rebels and Dave Filoni um, got hired randomly by George Lucas to uh, make the Clone Wars with him because this has paid off and this is my kind of Star Wars. I love this adventure aspect of it. it it's it, just nice. It is interesting because we just, uh, I'm sure we've already talked about it in the front half of the show, but we just watched uh, AEW's all in pay-per-view um and it, and it led me to believe after watching ahsoka that star wars and wrestling have this in common that when it's good there's it's like it's almost feels like there's nothing like it in the world like when it's good you're so happy to be there and when yeah. it's bad it's such a disappointment because it's a thing that's like can get, bring you such high highs 
Yeah, I haven't had too many disappointments overall, at least with anything live action. Like, I feel like I, I did bring up season three of The Mandalorian. I was kind of more lukewarm on because I feel like the further they get away from Din and Grogu, the less I care. But, <laughs> like, it's still interesting to watch and, and see how they put things together. I'm obsessed with Andor. I've watched that over and over again already. Sure. Um, and so really interested in seeing how Ahsoka goes. And I know you guys have been trying to get me to watch it. <laughs> watch all this cartoon content for so long. But I kind of joked and I was like, well, now that I, I haven't, let me go into this blind and see if I can keep up. So that's kind of well, my test right now. Yeah. And I will say, even if um, even Tales of the Jedi, we were talking before uh, you guys have watched Visions. Tales of the Jedi is amazing if you want to get a quick little backstory on Ahsoka Tano because there's like episodes of like showing her when she was found as a, you know, a child and then Plo Koon, Master Plo Koon taking her in. And then there's also, you get to see Count Dooku's perspective of like when he was the Jedi and seeing him slowly fall to the dark side leading up to like even the last episode takes place there in episode one with the death of Qui-Gon and Count Dooku is pissed because the council let him down. So there's a lot of cool stuff in and out that even if you want to get somewhat caught up, I would recommend Je Tales of the Jedi because it kind of will show you a Sokotano thing. And there's an episode of her, which I'm sure you know by now, Anakin Skywalker. She's the only apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, which makes her freaking awesome <laughs> in that point. But their relationship is so impactful. And you kind of wonder if she was around during episode three, would he have gone to the dark side? And that's kind of a cool question that's still up in the air. I mean, you get that kind of hint of it too, as you're watching Ahsoka and realizing that she ditched Sabine just like how he left her. So there's well, a kind of a, like an interesting thing going on there parallel wise. Well, I will say this. The reason Ahsoka Tano leaves the Jedi Empire, there's like a three-episode arc in season five. Um, she is set up to look like a terrorist because there's a bunch of bombs going off in the Jedi Council and they somehow there's evidence and they instantly think she's guilty. She escapes, proves herself not guilty, and they're like, oh, come on back. And she's just like, nah, fuck you guys. <laughs> and even Anakin like tells us, like, I understand where you're coming from. Don't leave. There's times I want to leave the Jedi Council. So they've had those conversations and now that you're looking at it, and uh, uh, even in Rebel Season 2, when she comes face-to-face -face with Darth Vader, and he says, uh, Anakin Skywalker is dead, and she says, I will avenge him. And he's like, that's not the Jedi way. And she says, I am no Jedi. And it was awesome. It's cool. You got the, the Obi-Wan ripped it off with the half-splinter face because they do the same thing where it's half Anakin's voice, half Vader's voice. And it, it's really well done storytelling. And that's what, Chuck, I'm glad you brought that up with wrestling. When it's at its peak, it's at its peak. And I'm at the same way now with reviews. Like, you guys could hate this show. I'm not going to hate your perspective on it. That's where I'm starting to come now with Star Wars, just like wrestling. I do not go to online forums anymore. I will go to, like, my fun recaps and Easter egg kind of things. I do not care if people like my Star Wars or not. I know what I like in Star Wars. If you don't. Sorry, but if you do, please come talk to me about it. I love it. <laughs> That's pretty much how my brain works now, very, too. Yeah. Very mature way to approach it. Well, it's like if if you just kind of stew in it with everybody else, it doesn't make the product any better or worse, you know? Right. No. Everybody arguing, because I think I even mentioned uh, that Tony had said something, our friend Tony. Now, you're friends with Tony, too. Best um, friends. <laughs> where um, they were saying that there was already people that were complaining about how she uses her lightsabers and stuff. And I'm just like, 
grow up grow yeah. up like it's it, if you don't like it don't watch it don't sit there and watch it and then complain yeah. complain over and over again about yeah it, you know i see the same thing a lot in the comic books uh, uh i want to say industry but it's not the, the comic book fandom as well people that will basically hate read a book that they used to love for years and it's like dude you could be spending that three to five dollars on something you actually like i keep getting exactly. fed content from a spider-man page all of a sudden and it's so many people complaining about miles spider-man fans are and, like yeah they're awful they, they're almost as bad as the star wars fans yeah like, it's pretty it's pretty nasty that, there's arguments of like oh i wish they would kill zendaya's mary jane like i hate her uh people that like <laughs> absolutely love og mary jane yeah. and and then there's other people that are like all of these other girls are helping peter like all of the different peters <laughs> and then here's kirsten dunce character of like mary jane going wait you guys help peter yeah yeah and so like there's like so much complaints going on with that and i'm just like oh god this is what this reminds me of it reminds me of like going on twitter and people bitching about star wars <laughs> and it's just like un if, if you can block out the unpleasantries of everybody's opinion and it's like you know it, it and the internet has made it so everybody can have an opinion and now i'm starting to believe that like that's a bad thing yeah. <laughs> so i just don't entertain it like i used to that's what yeah, the black button was made for yeah <laughs> i don't need that kind of negativity oh you know you don't like x-men why well, i need that kind of negativity in my life thank you very much <laughs> well yeah even to a point like uh that's why I kind of stopped doing my Star Wars podcast because every time I would try to go feedback from the community, it was just constant negativity. And I, it kind of just weighing down on me when I'm like, I don't want to cover this stuff anymore. Like, I want to yeah. just sit back and enjoy it. And that, and honestly, I've been the happiest since I stopped doing that. <laughs> like, I rather yeah, just talk about old movies with my good friend Chuck and <laughs> come on to this and talk with you guys. Cause I know it's gonna, even if you don't like something, you guys aren't going to call me stupid or whatever. Right. It's, no, I'll call you is. stupid for other reasons. I'm not going to call you stupid because you don't like it. <laughs> you got me there. You got me there, good friend. So yeah, I, but I, I definitely, we watched the first two episodes of Ahsoka. Um, I, like I said, I'm kind of going and I'm blind with this. So it's going to be interesting to see how it expands. But I'm already obsessed with Sabine. I, I saw I her within like the first five seconds or so. And I was like, oh God, I'm going to make this girl my entire personality. I can feel it already. So uh, I already good good things to say. I'm obsessed with that cat. That's oh that the Lothal cat. cats. The Loth Lothal. What are they cats. called? Lothal cats. They're uh, indigenous to the planet of Lothal. Uh, Ezra Bridger always had him around. A guy you guys only heard of, but he is a former uh, Jedi Padawan to a guy called uh, Caleb Dune, who was uh, voiced uh, Kanan Jarrus. Caleb Dune. That was his Jedi name. Uh, he was voiced by Freddie Prince Jr. in the TV series, and low-key, he is my favorite Jedi. Not because he's the most powerful, the best with a lightsaber. It's his mentality as a Jedi. Interesting. And, and yeah, I, watched, saw the, this, I yeah. watched a season of Rebels. Oh, yeah. So I'm familiar with the cast. Okay. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. I know that that's cool. I know, but I only watched one season. So they're Except talking about things that happened. Yeah, in, the, in yeah. like, you know, season four or whatever. I'm like, oh, all right, well. I missed that, but I'll take your word for it. All right. <laughs> and, as far as I'm concerned, they took my three favorite characters and put them in the show. So, like, I'm good. This show's great. I love Chopper. Chopper is You mean the, the war criminal? The war criminal? The man who killed 40,000 Imperial soldiers for Excuse no reason? Excuse me, sir. 
<laughs> According to the internet, his body count is 50,000 plus. 50,000. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Not, but like, no. I didn't know it was. I knew this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so it was I'm awesome. Like, no, Chopper's a mass murderer. And he's like, what? And I go, he is. And then he looked it up and he goes, oh my God. And I'm like, no. a, this cartoon was on like one of the Disney channels when I was watching it. How did they have they, a war criminal in there? <laughs> Best thing ever. I forget what episode it is, but they like um they were taking an imperial droid who was like, Yeah, I want to join you guys. And Chopper just kicks him out of the thing and starts laughing, like, no, I'm the only droid. It's so, so well done. And he's voiced by Dave Filoni, which is hilarious. But the fact oh, that you can uh, that's good stuff. Yeah, because the there's there's this yeah. scene in that second episode where he's given uh Hera's shit about like, Did you move my stuff? And she's like, Did you check under the battery? And he moves it and you he, and he goes, and you're like, you know, he's just going, oh, there it is. Yes. When he gets the tracker, too, he's all like, I'm like, it's great. It's amazing. He's great. And I was like, I thought that uh, BB-8 was devilish, but no, this this one's going to take the cane. Yeah, the best thing they could do to an RT unit is give him a pair of arms. Right. Yeah, so he could emote. Chopper's been through two wars, man. He's seen some shit. Yeah. He's seen some shit. And um, a lot. Yes. With that being said, though, um, so you guys aren't like feeling like too lost about the characters. You're kind of like, well, if I want to know, I'll learn. But right now, I'm just going to focus on the story that they're telling. Well, ahead I, don't, of us. I don't want you to tell me exactly. OK, but like I don't I don't need a back history on them. Okay. But like the two. Jedi slash Sith that are in the show. No idea. Are, they're not from a previous thing. They're no, new characters. They're, they're completely original from what I know. Because that's what uh, like I'm walking into it thinking like. All of this has backstory. So it's cool to know that some of it doesn't. Some of it is absolutely new. Yeah. Um, I believe, yeah, it's Shin Hati and then Balin Skull, played by the great Ray Stevenson. Um, oh, yeah. He, it makes me so sad because he is he kills it right off the bat. I've always wanted, this guy's already been in Star Wars. He was in Rebels. Um, he played Garen Saxon, who is an Imperial uh, Super Commando, a former Mandalorian. He joined up with the Imperials which is another thing that kind of connects to Mandalorian and uh, seeing him in live action, just the gravitas of him. I mean, he's so imposing and their armor is cool. And yeah, I don't the know cloth, this. The kind of cloth armor with the, the, the V design on the chest and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like that's badass without like having to be super like shiny armor or stuff. Yeah. That's how you make Knights of Republic cool, guys. You show Jedi's from like it's kind of like they did that approach where like he's taking certain things from the Jedi and maybe some things from the Sith and is finding a way in between because their names are uh, I believe they're equivalent of uh, two wolves and uh, Viking his uh, mythology. I didn't know this. This was told for me from Screen Rant or whatever. There but their names are- inside you and one of them is a spooky blonde. Yeah, exactly. But no, they're always chasing each other. They're like the gods of Valhalla that represent the Zing and the Zang. So the wolves plays a big part of Rebels, and Dave Filoni loves wolves. I don't know why, but that is something he is. Uh, wolves have always came up a lot in Rebels as well. They they kind of helped them out in the last season when they tear apart a bunch of uh, stormtroopers with Ezra controlling them. It's pretty cool. When he's relaxing at home, Dave Filoni is wearing shirts with wolves that howl at the moon. Yeah, probably. Yeah, with his cowboy hat on. He drives a van that's got a wizard and some wolves on it, <laughs> spray painted on it. Yeah, he drives it to Skywalker Ranch every day for work. Yep, <laughs> with his little cowboy-ish hat. Yep. I'm proud of him though. He's not wearing it in interviews anymore. It's, we joke around. It's like a joke in the community. It's like, oh, Dave's grown up. He's not wearing the cowboy hats for interviews anymore. <laughs> He's matured. 
Yeah, right. it's it's going good though so far, and I know that um, I, I think it was Tony said something about that they have a ribbon that is like the best of Ahsoka or something on Disney Plus. Yes, so that gives you an opportunity to learn more from that section if you want to. So that's something that I'm kind of like, okay, I'll have to look at that eventually. But I kind of want to get through some of these episodes of the live action first and see how I feel. Because then I, I saw another joke, and you'd have to verify this, but yeah. it was, um, you know how when they're in Scooby-Doo and they're unmasking the monster? Uh-huh. And it was like, it showed Ahsoka, and then when they unmasked the monster, Fred's holding the mask, and then on the monster, it says Rebel Season 5. Is that <laughs> accurate? I mean, it does feel a lot like Rebel Season 5 because of the way Season 4, the finale, ended. Um, so you guys don't know what these are. They got hinted at in Mandalorian Season 3. They're called per- the Purgle or Space Whales. They're beings that can uh, hyper uh, space travel, use uh, light speed. They they do whatever. So Ezra, his connection in the Force was really with animals. So when Grand Admiral Thrawn was about to blow up Lothal, Ezra summoned a bunch of them to the planet. They took his ship and just vanished. And he kind of always said, come find me. And the ending, and it, they kind of mirrored it at the end of season two, or episode two, uh, it was because Dave Filoni has always said, Ahsoka Tano is kind of like Gandalf. She showed up at the end with Sabine saying, we have to go find him. So it's kind of curious. Like, I wonder if that was like a different time because they were not master and apprentice at the end of Rebels, like, at all if anything yeah that was kind of cool so i'm kind of wondering if they went before failed and that's where she abandoned sabine on Lothal, and now it's kind of like doing it again because she didn't have long hair at the end of season four so like her doing that cutting off the hair very samurai also another thing kanan did who was also like her father figure uh the ghost crew is very they were all a bunch of people who lost their families and came together and that was a beautiful thing about rebels they were a family um that's what, what I think that is going to happen is that we're going to finish Ahsoka and I'm going to play you like one episode of Rebels and the next thing I know we're going to be watching that every single night. <laughs> you're like, more Sabine, more Sabine. <laughs> yeah, Sabine, with her being a Mandalorian and there's they give her a great arc. She holds the Darksaber at one point. Um, she's the reason... Uh, shit, crap, 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 crap. Oh no, my braid. I'm thinking Katie Sackoff, but I can't think of her name <laughs> right now. Oh, <laughs> damn Bo-Katan, yeah. She's hey, the one yeah. who gave Bo-Katan the, like, the dark saber to begin with because she didn't want to lead her people. She wanted to stay with because they had a fight to finish on Lothal. Um, but she also joined the Empire at one point, too. Uh, early on, before she got with the Ghost crew of Rebels, she made this device that would track onto Mandalorian armor. It was like electricity, and it would fry you and turn you into dust and leave your armor intact. So she had a lot of shit she had to deal with, but she's an explosive expert, uh, they steal a TIE fighter at one point and she paints it with graffiti. Every That's season she changes her hair color. Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of cool stuff like that. And she loves to blow stuff up. She has no love for the Empire whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, he had mentioned like the, because he had seen the helmet sitting there. He's like, oh, I think, I can't remember. I think she was a Mandalorian too. And like her entire set kind of echoes that, like her her home in that yep. tower is like the whole wall is graffitied and then when you see her on the ship she's looking at the one corner where she was drawing constantly those little figures and stuff so it was cool to see those things that are just like random tidbits that you remember like echoed in those yeah and going like wow they're really like driving that part home of like who she is as a character which is pretty cool 
I think they nailed who she was with a character by because uh, in Jedi Survivor, Cal Kestis, when you first play the game as him, uh, there's like some kind of rock going on, and it's like um, I think it was Mongolian rock, and they converted it into Star Wars. I could be wrong on that, but that they started introducing that. I'm like, yeah, there would be space rock. What are you talking about? Like this is Star Wars, and the music that they used for her and throw them like Amy felt. That's when I knew you fell in love with her. That new, like her riding uh-huh. that speeder that bike. That was exactly it. Her on the bike with music, yep. and I went, oh no, yeah. no. <laughs> cool hair. Yeah, she's a bad oh she's a badass hey, yes did you, have you have you guys seen um on tiktok they've replaced that song with sabotage and i'm like oh, okay it's oh it's totally yeah that's <laughs> yes cool. that's very yeah. much the vibe of that scene though like it, it's perfect for that yeah <laughs> i think the only thing i'm I'm a little worried about is that she's got that that hologram of ezra and i don't know who's playing ezra but i already don't like them <laughs> oh geez, people are no i also have seen that already it's just because that's the that's the going to be the weird thing with transition. Like I love a Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but the cartoon version of Hera, there's just something in my head that's not clicking. Where like she yeah. looked a little bit younger, granted, whatever, but like it's animation. But the well, same that's thing. That's the wild thing too. Is I remember when I was watching Rebels, Rebels doesn't take place after Return of the Jedi. No, no, it takes place. Five years before the Battle of Yavin, so the Empire has been in full force for about 14 years at that point. Right. So, yeah. like, and this obviously takes place post-Mandalorian because the Ahsoka, no. the Ahsoka episode has happened because yeah, that's so, why that chick is in prison at the beginning. Yeah, so it's kind of confusing, but if anything, I think it's going to be taking five to seven years before. I think it takes. Pl- this is taking place probably during season three of Mandalorian, so we're probably like five to seven years post return of the jedi but it kind of still makes sense isn't the woman that's in prison the woman that ahsoka fought yeah yeah oh gosh you confuse me but yeah Yeah, i think yeah what i'm saying is that i think Ahsoka's taking place during the same time like right now mandalorian season three is happening we're just not seeing it so that mandalorian season one was definitely about five to nine years people are saying after um return of the jedi that's what that's I'm saying. That, is Rebels yeah, okay. originally took place before the first, the fourth episode four, and yeah. all this new stuff takes place after episode six. So okay. all your Rebels characters would have to have grown up. Yeah, to a certain degree, yes. And I can't wait to see that's and I don't know, man. Like it's just people being nitpicky. Like people were mad at first when Rosario Dawson was cast as Ahsoka because everyone wants at, uh, Julian Axstein or yeah Axstein to play the live action. I'm like guys, I'm sorry, but like. Silker, pretty tall, and I uh, granted you could put on some apple crates, but like it's like one of those weird things. Like not every voice actor can transition well, even, to live action. The the actress that's playing Sabine isn't the voice actress no, no. from the show, and she's already killing it, in my opinion. She's got their attitude of Sabine, and everyone's like they're not acting like this how how they did. I'm like, first of all, Sokatano, when you first met her, she was a 14 year old brat who slowly. By the end of Clone Wars, you saw this arc of where she was going to where she is now. Sabine, we don't. She was, she lost a lot. She, her family's, she's not a part of her family as much. Ezra, they kind of hinted that he had a crush on her, and he even said like, "You were kind of like my sister." But everyone yeah. knows when you watch Rebels, you're like, "No, they like each other." That's like, okay come- in the Star Wars universe. You're allowed to kiss your sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. And every every fantasy, it's okay to kiss your sister. Ask the Targaryens. It's not a big deal. They did it for 300 years and had a dynasty that lasted. <laughs> not just the Skywalkers that get to do no. that. 
now. There's, there's more than one uh, Star Wars royal family. It's not. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to say it uh, on recording, but the rumors about who Merrick is, the, the Inquisitor with the helmet on. If I'm interested I... about, like, because he's been with the other two in a couple of scenes where he didn't need to be. And I'm like, who's that guy in the helmet? Who's that yeah. guy? Is that going to be, is he going to be important? I'm totally not even sure. So there's the two bad guys. There's yeah. the main guy and then there's the girl. But then there's the dude in the helmet that fought Ahsoka with the girl on uh, that planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was in some scenes talking to the witch, Morgan, uh-huh. like standing with them. And he didn't, okay. if he was just like an underling, he didn't need to be there. So right. so who's under that mask? Who is that guy? Well, if you if you look at the end of episode two, there's a certain actor who is one. I, I You guys think if I met Dave Filoni, I would explode. If I met Sam Witwer, in live action, I would I would crumble I, because <laughs> he was the voice of Maul. He did the voice of Palpatine. He's Star Killer from Force Unleashed one and two. And if Dave Filoni somehow makes Star Killer canon, and that would be just would poetry. Be wild. It's like poetry. It rhymes. The the Apprentice of Vader versus the Apprentice of Anakin Skywalker. That it would, would be, be cool. Uh, that would be wild. That's but if it's somebody new and completely, I'm okay with it. But if Sam Witwer finally gets to play live action in Star Wars, I'll be so happy for him because that guy, he <laughs> knows more about Star Wars than anyone. That was something I looked up and I was impressed with too, is that David Tennant has been the voice of that droid since Clone Wars. Yeah, He's yeah. always been that droid. That's awesome. He's so good as, uh, I forget, it's like Shao uh, Shoigen. Wang or something like that? Yeah, Wang, yeah. Um but he, the first time he appeared, yeah, he was training younglings and teaching them how to build lightsabers. And him and Ahsoka had to go save a bunch of them because uh, they la- they were getting kidnapped by somebody, some space pirates. And it was, he's just a fun character. And like, yeah, he's the oldest living thing in Star Wars. He's been Plus around he, since He the looks rise. like the designs of like the original Star Wars designs <laughs> before yeah. they, you know, made the movie when they were just like getting artist renders of like, what's the 3PO going to look like? He looks like one of those. Well, yeah. it's funny that one of the other characters from Rebels, uh, Zeb, the big purple guy, yeah. he was the original design of Chewbacca and they took that art and made him into her character and his whole That's species into the whole thing. So like I said, Dave Filoni knows his shit, man. Like and he I don't knows know when to pick and choose. I don't know if it was, it was exactly Zeb or just one of his race, but I remember seeing one in the last season. Oh, of that was Zeb. That was Zeb. Yeah, it'd be he like, became a oh, rebel shit, pilot. Yeah, and they yeah. had wasn't Filoni sitting in the bar? Yeah, him, um, Deborah Chow, and then oh, I always kill, I always Rick, blow up. Was it Rick? Rick who me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how to pronounce it, it either, but they're all amazing. I love all of those directors. Gosh, I wish they would just give them a Top Gun Star Wars show at the X X Wing Academy. It'd be so good. It'd be so and good with three fun. of them. Yeah, well, they did have that Rogue Squadron comic in Dark Horse for a long time. X Wing works Rogue Squadron. They could just yes, use they that did. that uh, particular name for it. Right, yeah. and oh, I'm just, glad. there was shows about that's that's why I wanted to watch Visions with you a little bit is because for one thing I do like anime, but for another thing I like stories about people who aren't necessarily Jedi's. Yeah, I like. I was telling her when we were watching it. I to me, I think the 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 most important parts of Star Wars are aliens, droids, and ships. Yep. <laughs> like <laughs> you got to give me those three things in abundance, or I'm like, eh, what's going on here? Like Jedi's are fun and cool and stuff, but like 
they they feel like the overpowered NPC of a tabletop game whenever they show up. You no, did say I, something like there was a droid and you're like, I've only seen him for three seconds, but I love him. It was not okay. So like we've obviously spoiled a whole bunch of Ahsoka, Ahsoka but still, if yeah. you haven't watched it, spoilers for, for a scene in Ahsoka. Yeah. The R2 droid that was in the ship with the girl that had the X-Wing that parked in front of Sabine mm. to yep. try and get her to stop. And he's just like ducked down like, oh, she's not stopping. I was like, <laughs> I've only seen that droid for five seconds and I love him. Fun fact about his design. He was their original, uh, their base, his design's based off the R2-D2 toy that came out in the yep. 70s. And yep, okay, so you know that? Yeah, you, I knew you. it as soon as I saw it. I was like, <laughs> that one? I do. <laughs> I got my old R2. That sticker is almost worn right off, but uh, he's awesome. No, I'm glad you brought up like uh, stories that take place without Jedi. Um, they just announced over GamesCon, they remastered well, let it be able to play on PS5s and Xbox and PCs is uh, Star Wars Dark Forces. That was a Star Wars game I remember playing a lot uh, growing yeah. up because it was like Doom of Star Wars. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a Doom mod with Star Wars stuff on top. It uh, after playing GoldenEye when they remastered it and brought it to you know the Nintendo sixty four version uh, to the Switch. Mm -hmm. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how well it's aged. Yeah, I've been playing Twisted Metal too because I've had some uh, childhood uh, vengeance. Uh, I can never get past Paris and I still can't get past Paris. Yeah. But yeah, I had to learn how to drive with the D-pad again because PS1 uh -huh. didn't have that. And yeah, I get that. Yes, I yeah, do. Yeah, you have to press forward to hit the gas like all cars. Yes. yes. You just press, push the push the steering wheel forward to go forward. If right. it makes you feel any better, I have that same problem with literally every video game. I get to a certain point where I get stuck and then I just start over again and play to that point again and then start. This is how Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 works for me yep. up until the point that we played Donkey Kong Country I'd only gotten so far. That's why I wanted to stream it with you. So yeah, finally yep. beat Donkey finally, Kong Country. We finally finished that. I have to do um, Banjo-Tooie because there's oh, like yeah. I always get to a certain point in that and just stop and then I don't play it for so long that I'm like, well, now I need to do it all over again because I don't remember how this works. And I'm just like, this is the worst thing about me. I am I am not a completionist. You are the exact opposite of I am. Uh, I'll complete a game. Complete a game. I, I'll complete a game I hate. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous because he will sit there and he's like, Here's this thing. and I'm like, why are you still playing? I will You're hate, not having fun. I will hate play a game for 60 hours because I've already put in 60 hours. I must see it through. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption and our RIP RTV. <laughs> Someday I'm going to pick that game up again and try it. Just don't throw the controller. No, no. I've learned my lesson. And don't no, throw I... the controller I got you because that was laid out. Very beautiful controller. <laughs> yeah. Well, with how bad the new Madden is, my uh, replay of Jedi Survivor uh, is probably going to happen real quick yeah. here soon because I... I somehow skipped a major boss, and then I don't know what I did, because uh, uh, my friend told me, hey, man, play the mission, then go do side missions. I don't know about you, Chuck, but when you give me side missions, I'm going to make the main story last as long as I can, so when I go up against bosses, I'm like, oh, come yeah, on, Yeah, side guys. missions are just an uh, a way to get more experience, so the bosses are easier. I literally, that game was so hard. I fought Darth Vader for two nights in a freaking row. Could it be? I literally got him down to his last health and he all of a sudden do something. I had to, I turned it all the way on easy. And yeah. I went from like high difficulty to medium. And after like two hours of my life doing the same thing over and over again, I'm like, I can't do this. Like this is mentally 
not healthy. You should be playing Call of Duty with your friends, man. Because I was blown off my friends to play that game. I'm like, nah, I don't need God. It's too bad and, they didn't make him like that boss in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, the sniper that if you just wait a week in game time, he dies of old age. That is... Metal Gear Solid people take away. He really wants that to be in 2K for WWE. That if you can last 20 minutes against Brock Lesnar, he should just he just be, gasses he, out. Yeah, he just gasses <laughs> out, and he can't get he can't hit you with any suplexes anymore. You can do whatever you want because he can't breathe. He's been in the ring too long. I need to play more um, Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront. Yeah, yeah, that's the fun thing. So that's what I'm because I know with you, you're you're kind of. Uh, when I say you, I mean you, Amy. Yeah, you're kind of like if it's a live action Star Wars thing, then you you're interested and like you played a few games, but you're not super interested. You're totally not in on like the comics or the books or anything like that. Nope. And even the cartoons, to a degree, you're like, nah, I like my Star Wars to like be people and ships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mike, I'm curious, is there a line for you where it's like, I like obviously you like Star Wars video games, you like watching the the, the cartoons and stuff, but like. When it comes to say the comics or the books or the toys or something like that, is there a a a place in Star Wars that you're like, nah, I don't need to get into that? Oh, uh, well, you gotta ruin the comics for me outside of the Vader ones because I'm like, you told me they'll make stuff uncanny, and they did. Oh, they changed yeah. shit all the time. Like yeah. they've even changed how Ahsoka uh, uh, got her lightsabers, which I like the new way they got it. She just straight up an Inquisitor came for her. He swung, she caught his blade like this in between her hands and just killed him with it and then bled him white. That's way cooler than what they did in the books. But no, I I love everything. Like one of my first Star Wars comics I read was like an episode three, like one that came out like two weeks before the movie. And the first 40, like the first opening of them rescuing Palpatine was in the comic. So I knew how the first 30 minutes of that movie was going to go at 11. And I'm like, let's go. But no, I, there's been so many cool Star Wars comics over the years. Uh, I regret giving my uh, nephews my infinite ones, which were like, what if stories like, what if Luke died on yeah. Hoth and now Leia gets trained in the ways? There's a bunch of cool ones as well. Like, I, I love it all, but I will not read the books unless I know for a fact it's going to stay canon. Yeah, I mean, like, the one... um. It's all about uh, Darth Plagueis uh, is amazing. I wish I knew it off the top of my head. Uh, but it it taught you like all about Palpatine and Plagueis. Like Plagueis was alive up and through episode one. Like during episode one, that's when Palpatine killed him. Because Maul was his secret apprentice just as like they were getting ready to take over. Because Palpatine's like, he's got the plan set up. I'm going to kill this son of a bitch. And then I'm going to take over. So was, that, those are the cool things I really like. My buddy Maybe Greg my- used to read the novels. Yeah. But like he, even with that, he was like, do you want to read these? I'm like, no, I'm good. Yeah. And then, then there was the time of like, I went through a series of where I wouldn't watch the prequels either. Like I did not want to watch them just because I was like, I saw episode one and even as a child hated it. And was just like, no, I don't need to watch this. I'm just going to stick to the other ones. And I stayed with four, five, and six for majority of my life. I did not watch episode two or three until the pandemic, and then I was finally That's like, insane. I'm you like, the okay, most- I'm let me let me do it. I'm just gonna do it." And he came home, and I was watching it, and he's like, "Who are you? Yeah, what have you done with my wife? Have, have you lost your mind?" And I'm like, "I'm doing it for science, okay." And it's just like, "Oh, okay." And then I got through it. And I'm like, 
okay, those weren't as bad as I thought they were going to be, but they're still not my favorite. Yeah, there's still I some w- fun stuff in there. It's still Star Wars, but it's not like prime Star Wars. It's in, in the same way that that's how I view Rise of Skywalker is there are things in Rise of Skywalker that I think are very cool, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think Rise of Skywalker is very good. Right. No, yeah. no. I regret saying it. I can't believe I saw that movie twice opening week and I thought it was good. Like when I rewatched it during the pandemic, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like this, somehow he returned. Like you guys, yeah. like- You know, the- Poe Dameron doesn't even look at like, I, Oscar Isaac has this look on my face. Like I can't even believe I'm allowed to say this. <laughs> they fly <laughs> now? He didn't even look happy that he had to say it. Yeah. And now it's, that is the legacy of his character is just being memed everywhere <laughs> somehow. Somehow, oh, oh, he returns. They gave Boyega the stupidest line ever in Star Wars. They fly now? Dude, Jetpack? What the hell? Is Jetpack somehow <laughs> a new thing? made me laugh. I don't know. I was laughing at them. They fly now? They fly now. <laughs> I like the the bad behavior between all three of them. Like yes. you, you said it's like a bad polyamorous relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. I like... This, I, is, my boy, this, this is, is my boyfriend. This is my boyfriend's boyfriend. My boyfriend's boyfriend, Paul. <laughs> And, like, that stuff is funny to me, but it's just, like, the whole Palpatine return and basically retconning everything that Ryan Johnson did to go, well, it doesn't have to be a bloodline of Jedi, anybody, and then flipping it to, no, it has to be a bloodline of Jedi, and I'm like, oh, you ruined it. Okay, so... We need to wrap up here because we would yeah. talk. We could talk Star Wars forever. Yeah. But as we do, that leads me to a question I wanted to put forth to both to both of you. Do you have any personal head cannons when it comes to Star Wars stuff? And what would you say is your favorite? Like, for instance, while we were watching Ahsoka uh, in the opening sequence, where the the two, I once again, I don't know that they're necessarily Sith, but they're not good people, and they're using lightsabers. Um, <laughs> But the one guy is like, you know, they're, like they're doing what Jedi always do. They're deflecting blaster fire with the lightsaber. And I'm watching it. I'm like, I wonder how much of that is because they don't move the lightsabers a whole lot. So I'm wondering how much of that is being force sensitive and either psychically making people fire at the lightsaber or oh, using cool. some kind of telekinesis to move blaster fire to wherever your lightsaber is to deflect it. That's actually a cool thing because I, if you notice, Balin, he, even though the, I love that how instead of pulling the gun out of his hand, he twists the guy's hand to cause more pain. And then yeah. you see him open up a lock that only droids can unlock when they hack it. So it seems like he is very force sensitive, strong with telekinesis. That's a good. That's a great opposite observation. Yeah, I would. I would like. I would like to headcanon that. That's why it's yeah. so easy for them to deflect blaster fires because they're using the force to force whoever's f- firing blasters at them to fire at the lightsaber. Well, and with him too, at one point Morgan says, Balin, what do you see? And he can somehow, like he, ha- there's something going on in his brain to where he can see her path really clear and stuff like that. And I know like to a degree you, you get that with Jedi in general, but like he, he seems like he's very in tune but he also has a gray area to him because there's that uh, the point where she's like, you know, where you're going to have to handle Ahsoka. And he's like, it'd be a shame to kill her, you know, Yeah, because there's so few Jedi left. And exactly. See, that's where it's kind of interesting. He's playing a great Jedi. Yeah. Uh, but OK, so I got my head candid. All right. So in the original micro uh, cartoon series of Clone Wars that came out between 2002 and like 2004, they were like five minute shorts. 
is the same people that made Samurai Jack. And the ending of one when Coruscant's attacked and Palpatine is kidnapped by General Grievous. Uh, Mace Windu comes at the last second and Grievous is ready to fight him. Windu just picks him up, crushes his ribcage, and that's how he gets his car. Now that series is no longer canon, but in my head, that battle sequence took place between well, like Windu and Grievous saw each other for a split second and he crushed his ribs and that's why the rest of the time he had his cough and became less of a better fighter. I like that. that that's fascinating. In that cartoon series, Grievous took out like eight Jedis by himself, including two like Jedi masters that sat on the council when he got introduced. And I was like, this guy's a little OP. Like, y'all really (laughs) made him like, like he literally crushed the Jedi by landing on him. And then you saw him bring out the four lightsabers. I was like, oh shit, what is that? I enjoy droids with some of the like droids with lightsabers or like the, we watched that episode of Visions and there was like a droid with the, the gun. Yeah. And yeah. I, I like when, when droids get all military. I, I, IG-11, honestly. IG-11 is great with him uh, having Grogu strapped to him and then he's just blowing up the entire city. <laughs> when Grogu's riding in him, is it, that what you're talking about? No, it's like when they're on the speeder bike and they're going, it's in the first season, oh, they're in the oh, bar yeah. and he goes through town and he just starts killing everybody and he like spins them around at one yep. point to protect him. And he was like, I'm here to nurse and protect him. And then he's like, protecting is like military force. Yep. He still he's, has just, that like, that training in him. It's that Terminator like, 2 stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, yes. It, when John Connor says no killing and he shoots the guy in the leg, goes, he lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's really fun. I don't know if I necessarily have. I, I mean, there's one that's like, it's probably not correct. So I'll just. That's like, it. it's, it's, you know, it, it's. I honestly wonder or think, like, how is it that the the guys that have always been around C-3PO and R2-D2 not remembering them. Like, I get that it's, like, part of the story, like, Interesting. that doesn't really get fixed. But, like, I don't I don't seem to remember owning a droid. Well, you don't remember fighting alongside both of these guys for all years? And it makes me wonder if, like, something happened to where, like, memories were wiped. Or, or and then, like, the other half of it is, like, when they take the plans and they get in the escape pod. I kind of wonder if there was a moment of weakness in Darth Vader somewhere down the line where he let them go. Because oh, but- he he would know. He would. He built C-3PO. Like that. How do you I mean, not know that like you I see think- them with them the whole time? How do you I'll, not know? As we've I don't seen think Vader I don't think Vader and, have- and our two units are pretty common amongst the thing but i think but he would be able to identify yeah the gold rc3po units yeah, yeah i feel like you know uh, all of that and you wouldn't think too with you know you have kylo ren growing up before he's you know and he's around chewbacca and all sure. those other things like he's gonna know stories he's gonna know things like that how is he not going to know that all of this is part of that? Like, there's just little things like that where it's like, I think they're just loose ends. But I also am kind of wondering, hmm, I wonder if some of this is intentional. Yeah. So I always, those are I always think, things. I think Vader would, because uh, I was thinking about this, Vader never really sees R2-D2 in person. He never sees C-3PO except for Empire. But even then, at that point, I think he's so focused on the mission. But Vader wants nothing to do with Anakin. So he would right. not even acknowledge them. By acknowledging him, he acknowledges Skywalker, which makes him weaker. Yeah. So, Interesting. That's, so that's that a could be that too is like, you know, 
I don't want to acknowledge the fact that these things exist because it'll make me weak. So I'm going to pretend like it's not. Well, he was through a very traumatic event. He could have, uh, in getting his wiener burnt off, he could have <laughs> decided he could have forgotten that he built a C-3PO unit. And I, yes. I don't know. I, I have enough faith in the Anakin side of him to know that. I like, like that. That there's something there, but like that doesn't also explain like I and I think this is just more of a loose end of like Ben not recognizing them. Yeah. Like that's really silly to me. That is silly. Like but that's, that's also, why I like the idea of like that R2D2 is constantly swearing. As we fucker, you know me. As we've seen, when you get older as a Jedi, you tend to fuck with people. So, maybe from a certain point of view, yeah, from a certain point of view, that's that's his whole thing. He always has a different angle from it, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, before we go, real quick, Amy, since you saw the prequels and now compared, do you did you at least appreciate the choreography? Because watching the behind the scenes stuff of Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen practicing that shit for hours, yeah, that is something I think Disney granted. I know old school Star Wars fans said it was too choreographed. I want those lightsabers back. That was the best thing about Obi-Wan was seeing Hayden and Obi-Wan going full speed. That is something I hope they fix. Yeah, I feel like the fight sequences were really cool. The music is obviously banger on banger. Yeah. Um, And it's like you have so much of that. I think it's just more of like, I can't stand Anakin and Padme. Yes. They're both annoying. Yes. Uh, Jar Jar Binks annoys me, but that's always been a thing no matter what. And I'm like, I get, I get, like, don't bully the guy. Like, he's he's a nice man. <laughs> I don't want him to ever feel bad ever again. Right. It's like, not, it's not it's his not fault his that fault. the character design did not land. I, I just, right. I, I found him to be the most grating character. Um, there, I think, again, this is going to probably upset, but, like, Qui-Gon seems shadier than I think he's supposed to. Like, I never trusted Qui-Gon the entire time I saw him. I'm like, you seem like a shady motherfucker. You don't seem like you're a good guy, holy. He's a rebel. And I don't know why that is, but there's, like, certain things like that that just kind of, like, I don't feel like this works. But, like, who am I to say in that sense? Like, I don't know enough about it, but that's just, like, my gut feelings about it right off the bat. And at this point now, I've only seen episode one twice once at like with eight or nine or 11 years old yeah and then seeing it again during the pandemic and the other two only once like right so there's certain stuff in there that if i maybe watched it again and took a couple more takes maybe i'd feel a little bit better about some stuff because it yep. took me i think about six or seven times to watch rise of skywalker to appreciate certain parts of it yeah because initially when I walked out, I was angry. Yeah. Yeah. When we left the theater, we were like, oh, that not- sucks. Yeah, I was that not like, happy. That was like when they change creative teams on a comic book and immediately undo things. Yep. It was like. That's how I felt. Sucks. So it was like, you know, there's definitely some stuff that like there's way too much focus on Anakin and Padme's relationship over. It's, that, it's really well done in Clone parts. Wars. You. It's less creepy in Clone Wars. You actually see how they progressively like are in love with each other. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like the age that the movies came out to, the way that movies are. You know, 2000s movies, 
they are very one-dimensional relationships. Yep. Yes, so, I agree. Did you guys uh, both, was the first Star okay. Wars movie you both saw episode four? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your Definitely. first one was episode four? You Definitely. know, it might, honestly, it might have been Return of the Jedi first and then backtracking. Really? It may That's have fun. been. Because I I distinctly remember, so my parents got engaged and then went to see Return of the Jedi and had dinner. So I think that that she had me watch that one first yeah. and then I had to kind of backtrack. And that is still my favorite one, which is yeah. why I think that's what it is, Yeah, is that that was the first one I saw. Because like A New Hope, I'm like, I, I like A New Hope. I <laughs> like, you know... But when I get to Return of the Jedi, I'm very happy. I was too young for The New Hope. It actually came out when I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, you're still old. I'm an old fart. Uh, I had a, a relative take me to see Empire Strikes Back when I was what, like three, four years old, or something like that. And Dagobah scared the bejesus out of me. It was so dark and scary. But I loved Return of the Jedi. And I went and saw episode one when it came out in the theater. I was like, well, and it's a Star Wars. <laughs> I never saw episode two and still I watched it on Disney Plus a couple years ago. I went and saw one and three and didn't go see two. <laughs> I remember seeing two with, uh, I saw all of three prequels in theaters. One, the first one with my grandma, second one with friends, and then third one with my brother-in-law. But the second one, I remember two key things. One, that was boring as shit until the last 40 minutes. That was my take at eight. Yeah. And then my brother- he heard I came, I saw it, so he came running up to my room. He's like, hey, you know all those clothes you liked? I'm like, yeah, they're so cool. He's like, that's the Empire, and just walks out of my room, and my mind got blown away because I'm like, oh, they do look, that logo, you change it, it looks imperial. Ah! <laughs> that's an older brother thing to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wanted to mention, yeah. too, when we were talking about episode three, have you ever played the, the video game they made for episode three? Oh, that was amazing. Um, yeah, it was like probably the best uh, adaptation. It was like, uh, I, I don't know how you call it, but it was like one screen and you just got to play as Anakin or Obi-Wan, play all the major events. But fun fact, if you played the last mission when Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting, if you play as Anakin, you kill Obi-Wan. You change you the Palpatine. timeline. Yes. yes how it's cool awesome. is that? Yeah, I dig that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Last thing about Ahsoka, and then we can go. Uh, Kevin Klein, he's the music composer of this. I'm pretty sure he did all the animated shows, like Rebels and Clone Wars. He is nailing it with the music, though. Like, just taking a little bit of John Williams and then mixing it up a little bit, too. Like, just that's what's making me feel like this is Star Wars to me. Uh, Music, I really will say this. you got to nail it for Star Wars. And when I was thinking about it, the sequel trilogy, outside of Rey's theme, there was no themes I've gone back and listened to and been like, oh, this is Star Wars. It's kind of just generic stuff. But that's just me. Yeah, no, yeah. I can kind of agree with that. There are certain moments where, like, there's a little bit of hints of it. Yeah. But, like, Mandalorian, banger soundtrack. Um, And I know that's not him, well, but, like, that one's definitely a banger. And then there was a specific moment where Sabine was walking through her room. And... A- it, like it was as she was looking at the map and it, you could just kind of hear music creeping up and I was like oh that's real good I didn't say anything about it but like I could hear it and I'm going oh yeah oh yeah it's it, it's that cronk meme oh yeah, yeah. it's all coming together and, like that yeah. was where my brain went with it as she's discovering that there's another galaxy out there which is major <laughs> thing which people aren't freaking out about like wait they just admit there's two galaxies going on in Star Wars right now well there's that's me pretty- going like there's witches too. Isn't this complicated oh, the witches enough? Witches are Daphimir. 
Oh, I don't fuck with the witches at <laughs> Daphne. Mike, thank you uh, so much for joining yes. us uh, on, on short notice here for this week's really big fan podcast. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we let you go? Be sure to listen to really big fan podcast, Double Feature. Me and Chuck are really killing it now. I think our chemistry is going and the fights are, I feel them are brewing. They're, they're coming across the horizon as we keep going. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. Welcome back to the Really Big Fan Podcast. And thanks once again to Mr. Mike Pandolf. As he said, you can check him out along with me on our Patreon-exclusive show, the Really Big Fan Podcast Double Feature, where we're introducing each other to some of our favorite movies and then figuring out where they rank on a top 10 list. Uh, we've only got six movies so far, so it hasn't come. I feel like it's going to get really dicey once movies start dropping off the list. Whenever we yes. have two movies, that's when it's going to be like, no! How many movies, like, what? what is the cap? Did you guys decide, like, is it like a top 10 list? Is it a top 20 list? Like, so I, we'll keep track of the list, but I think 10 is probably where we want to cap it. And then it'll turn into a thing where, like, okay... Uh, the Departed is number 10. Is this better than The Departed? Because if it is, then it leaves. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can check that out over on patreon.com uh, backslash really big fan podcast. We're wrapping up today's show with our serotonin boost. And uh, I have to say this week, my serotonin boost, probably AEW All In. Mm -hmm. Probably the best AEW show I've ever seen kind of kind of top to bottom. It, it had my interest. Uh, it wasn't six hours long. I think it was like a tight four hours. Mm -hmm. All the matches were matches I was fairly invested in, with the exception of maybe like the Chris Jericho match. Um, I was not invested with his singing. No, no. I, and, you know, it wasn't flawless, but the parts that were good were really, really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I I enjoyed myself enjoyed hanging out with our friend erica mm -hmm. and with shawnee and, uh, and erica's husband and and uh and erica's dad <laughs> can't forget him don't forget and bigfoot and bigfoot yes that dog uh loves me she yes. left quite a few scratches on my on my neck She's just like, <laughs> hi just pawing at me love you yeah but uh no it was a really it was a really good wrestling show and um it was good to see one of those i think it's probably the best wrestling show i've seen since like the first night of wrestlemania this past year we yeah. see sammy and kevin mm -hmm. win their titles at the end of the night that was really good yeah i, I think that's the best AEW thing i've ever watched so yeah, yeah. i love stadium stampede mm -hmm. as my favorite match and i hope that they do one like every time they do one i'm, I'm excited <laughs> which, which like they can't do one every single pay-per-view and even if they did like eddie kingston can't be in all of them <laughs> He's like he's the highlight of every single one somehow. He's pretty fun. <laughs> somehow Eddie Kingston and John Moxley will find their way to do a stadium stampede every time. I don't think that's gonna fit on the title card with Poe Dameron. Somehow. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and for me, I I, I did not prepare because I never do for these. So like I'm, a professional, like a professional. So the only two things that I have that are in my brain bouncing are things that once again, no one else can be excited about but me. Uh, I did get comp tickets for Riot Fest to at least cover it, not shoot it. Uh, so I have to figure out how to financially get there, but I'm working on that. 
And uh, I also got approved for Smashing Pumpkins this morning. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. I was really bummed last year when I got denied. So I'm like, this is my time. It'll be cool. Now I can photograph Billy. It'll be cool to see you get a whole bunch of photos of. Please take photos of Jimmy. Yes. Yes. I love Jimmy Chamberlain so much. Yes. I will get photos of Jimmy. James I- is cool. And then the rest of the band is cool too. But I love Jimmy Chamberlain so much. Yep. Hopefully you could see him behind his 30,000 drums. Yes. Yes. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. Um, and, and Interpol is their support. So that'll be good as well. Yeah. So I'm super stoked about that. There's a couple more I'm waiting for that were in the beginning of the month. And I, I believe I'm also doing Shine Down. So we'll see how that goes. It's like Shine Down, Papa Roach, and Spirit Box. Interesting. So I got a couple of pretty good bangers coming up. Nice. Banger after banger after banger <laughs> after banger. So, of course, make sure you're uh, checking out acronym. Is it acronymis.com or just acronym.com? For, for zine, uh, it would be acronymzine.com. That's where your my, pictures That's live. where all of my photos and writing live. I have two different websites because I am complicated and that's apparently helping. So I have acronymis.com, which has all of my photo work and portfolio essentially on it. And then acronymzine.com is the the publication and i have sam nork friend of the show and she has an episode on here yep starting to shoot shows for me as well so now we're tag teaming it excellent so uh it was pretty cool when we went through and realized all the shows that i didn't pick up were the ones she wanted hey all right. so i was like you can have all of these i don't care <laughs> so we're we're tag teaming now and i i'm really thankful for that and if you want to help us out, as as Amy was saying, we uh, you know we could always use your financial support, whether it's going to Riot Fest or just paying our bills. Yeah, um, <laughs> you can do that over on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Really Big Fan Podcast. Uh, that's where I think it's Really Big Fan Pod. Yeah, yeah. All the URLs are Really Big Fan Pod. Yep, yeah, that's where you can subscribe to uh, once again our five dollar tier. You get uh, cool shows on that. You can always. Follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash really big fan pod, where we play video games and record these shows live on Wednesday afternoon slash mornings around 1130. And um, follow us on all the social medias. Tell people about our show if you're enjoying what you hear and tell them uh, if there's a specific topic like Star Wars that you're like, oh, man, you, you my friend loves Star Wars. He's got to hear this episode. I all mean, share us with your friends. Heck yeah. And uh, oh, congratulations on the serotonin. Oh, thank you. Nice job. Congratulations on the serotonin. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another really big fan podcast. May the force be with you. <laughs> and also with you. Yeah. Religion. <laughs> Is he called the hat man because he wears a specific hat or because he's always wearing it, some kind of hat? I always imagine the hat man to be a top hat. Like the Babadook. Kind of. Right. And no face. Just, no face. Just white. So like faceless Tony. No, not quite. No, it's more, there was this this concept that I, I knew someone that did this and it, they called him Umbrella Man. And so he was just wrapped in gauze. Yeah. And so he had no face, but then he had the umbrella. And that's why I imagine the hat man to look that way is I think I'm thinking of Umbrella Man, but then with a hat. Yeah. But like it's almost like Slender Man. A little bit.
that's kind of more where the hat man is. it is fu- it is funny the amount of horror monsters that just are dudes in suits yeah <laughs> it's just like oh, a guy in a suit is creepy i mean men are creepy <laughs> that's fair but it, it's something about the starkness of the black and white yeah is, is really what it is i think um and if you saw somebody in the woods or in the back rooms or wherever you saw them and they were wearing a suit, but they had no face. I mean, I think that's pretty terrifying. Right. Because you can't tell the emotions by the face. That's like, why even like uncanny valley makes people uncomfortable because the face doesn't look the way it's supposed to. Sure. So, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just a creepy thing, man. Jack Skellington count as a creepy man in a suit? I mean, kind of, but he's really tame for creepy. Yeah. Like, he, he tries to be scary, but, like, I don't think he's scary. He's, he's a creepy man in a suit for small children. Yeah. I, or it's like, oh, he's kind of lovable. Or, or you know, adults that are concerned that you're going to turn into a goth. Because, <laughs> like, that that tape got returned very quickly when it was in my house. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. My mom's boyfriend bought me the VHS and they got to the part with the shrunken head yeah. box and she turned it off and wouldn't let me keep it. Wow. So, but it, damage was already done by that point. Yeah. Know? So, how long was it before you got to see it ever again? Oh, it wasn't that long. I mean, my friends all had it. Oh, so you just go to your friend's house and watch it? That, that was how I got everything I wasn't allowed to watch, was I would just watch it somewhere else. That's wild. So, because when I wasn't allowed to watch something, I just like was like, all right, cool. Yeah. No, it was a, always like, okay, if I can't access this here, that's then what happened with wrestling, too. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't, I'm not allowed to watch wrestling. Okay, I'm just going to watch it as Shanna's. I don't care. <laughs> and you just don't say anything. Don't go home and be like, what are you doing? What'd you guys do? Oh, I watched wrestling. I watched, I watched the thing you don't want me to see. Yeah, no, it was just, I played Aladdin on the Sega Genesis. That's your, I got to return some videotapes. Yes. Because I played Aladdin on the Sega Genesis. Only a lot less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> 